0: You may have noticed that the deacons are helping out with the service today. Barb and Timmy have been up here, they're the good deacons. Um, I'm the newest deacon, and I'm for lucky number seven. I've something bright so that you can spot me. Uh, I've already missed one meeting, and I'm really worried about how much the deacons actually do. So I'm hoping that you all will go out and meet your deacon on the patio and say, you guys are great. Um, so I'm not here to brag about the vegans. I'm supposed to read scripture. And I think it's a coincidence that Karen asked me to read the one about denying that people are drunk. Acts 2, 14, 21. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesize, and young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Yea, and on my men and my maid-servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesize, and I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and manifest day, it shall be that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
1: So today we are continuing through the second chapter of Acts, continuing to hear the story of the day of Pentecost. Now, last week's reading ended on kind of a cliffhanger. We heard the story of the mighty wind that swept through the whole house where the disciples of Jesus were sitting. We heard about the tongues of fire that danced on their heads. We heard how they rushed out of the house and into the streets on fire to tell all those gathered in Jerusalem for the festival of Pentecost the good news of all that God was doing and how God was at work in the world through Jesus. We heard about how the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to proclaim this good news in different languages, the languages of all the people who had gathered through dozens of different lands around the Mediterranean world in Jerusalem for the festival, and we even heard a little bit of what that might have sounded like. Thank you if you were one of the readers who read in a different language last week. But then, last week's reading ended like this. All who heard this were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are full of new wine. So that's the cliffhanger right there. Whose reaction is going to carry the day? Those who are amazed and curious? Those who want to know what it all means? Or the scoffers? The ones who immediately throw on their cloak of cynicism and sneer? Now can we talk? This is a cliffhanger not just because we want to know what happened in Jerusalem on that Pentecost day so long ago. This is a cliffhanger because the same struggle, this same battle plays out in our own hearts whenever we hear that God is doing a new thing. Whenever we see hints or signs that the winds of change might actually be blowing. Whenever anyone bursts into the room on fire with a new dream or a new vision, this battle ensues in us and among us. Do we respond with amazement and curiosity? What does this mean? Or do we fold our arms and sneer behind our cloak of cynicism? Go home, disciples, you're drunk. Now, it's easy to make the sneering group the villains of this piece, the closed-minded jerks who just couldn't perceive what God was doing right in front of their noses. But when we see the tension between these two groups, when we see in this struggle between these two groups the battle that goes on in our own hearts and in our own communities whenever someone breathlessly announces that God is at work, that God is doing a new thing, then I think we have to be more compassionate, more fair to those who are cynical and sneering. Because I think if we think of the times in our own lives when we've been the most cynical, the most closed down, it's because we are remembering old pain and old disappointments. We're remembering that movement that was going to change the world and ended up with the leaders fighting and the goals unmet and the people scattered. We're remembering that new relationship that swept us off our feet and then left us shattered. We're remembering that that program or that project that was just going to completely transform our company or our church or our university and ended up changing very little in the end. We're remembering that family member or colleague who promised they had changed, really, really, but they hadn't. We shut down and we get cynical when we are trying to avoid being hurt or shamed. And thus the cliffhanger. Amazement and curiosity or cynicism and mockery? Which will it be? And it's not about good guys and bad guys, heroes and villains. It's about the struggle that we all experience when we've lived long enough as individuals or existed long enough as a community to have had our hopes raised and then dashed more than a few times. And then Peter steps up to the mic. People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem Let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Peter steps up and addresses the crowd and makes a strong case for hope, for vision, for dreams. These people around you, he says, these people speaking in strange tongues and proclaiming the mighty works of God, they're not drunk. In fact, what you see going on around you is the fulfillment of the ancient promises of God, the ones we've heard about since we were children. This day has finally come when everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be transformed, filled with the Spirit, empowered with dreams and visions, enabled to speak words of truth to power. If this is madness, then it's divine madness. The work of the one who is tearing down barriers between men and women, young and old, slave and free, by pouring out the Holy Spirit on all flesh. Peter gets up and stands before the crowd and asks them to choose hope and dreams and visions over cynicism and despair. Now, you might say, well, of course. Peter would say that. Isn't he kind of the captain of Team Jesus at this point? (laughs) And that is true up to a point, but consider, think about it. If anyone might have been tempted to hide behind the safe cloak of cynicism, it could be Peter. If cynicism springs from past disappointments and humiliations, Peter is a great candidate for cynicism. He left his fishing business and his family to follow an itinerant rabbi named Jesus, only to see Jesus get engulfed in controversy and then arrested. After loudly proclaiming that he, Peter, would follow Jesus anywhere, even to death, Peter almost immediately after that, again loudly and publicly, declared that he didn't even know Jesus and was definitely not one of his followers. And then he watched from a distance as Jesus was killed, and while he and the others were still reeling from that crushing blow, some began to see visions and have experiences that Jesus was not dead, but very much alive and present. Now when the women who first witnessed this came running to tell Peter and the Apostles what they had seen and heard Luke's Gospel reports these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them but Peter got up and ran to the tomb and stooped and looked in and saw the linen clothes by themselves and went home amazed at what had happened Given his recent experiences, Peter could absolutely have chosen to stand with the other disciples in their cynicism and skepticism at that moment, standing behind that protective cloak of cynicism to keep himself from being further disappointed or further humiliated. He could have stood with the other disciples declaring that the women's news was nothing more than idle chatter of all those disciples Peter had perhaps the best reasons to want to protect himself from further humiliation and disappointment and yet, and yet he chose amazement and curiosity while the other disciples folded their arms and sneered Peter went running to the tomb to see if what the women had said could possibly be true. On Easter morning Peter struggled, Peter wrestled, and then chose amazement and curiosity, hope over cynicism and sneering, so that then on that day of Pentecost, he could step up to the mic and make that same case to the people of Judea and Jerusalem. He could say, these people are not drunk. This was what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God will pour out God's Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young shall see visions. Your old shall dream dreams. Pentecost is often described as the birthday of the church. Sometimes we even have cake. One thing this portion of the Pentecost story tells us is that the community that was born that day, this thing we call church, is a community that consistently chooses amazement and curiosity over cynicism and despair. In spite of past disappointments, in spite of past humiliations, in spite of past hurts, the church is a community that is always ready to see visions and dream dreams, even in the face of all that has come before. Peter's words announced not only to the people of Jerusalem, but to us As well that this community that the Holy Spirit calls into being over and over again is one that chooses over and over again to believe that God can do and is doing new things in us and through us. Peter's words remind us that the church that is born on Pentecost is a community that always when faced with the choice of cynicism or hope Chooses to see visions and to dream dreams. Thanks be to God. Amen.